The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO and Power Plus, their next generation broker portal that gives you more speed and control over the process. You can now disclose, lock, and manage your loan seamlessly from start to finish, all in one place. It's another reason why greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is Division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. The Federal Reserve is meeting again this week, so where will mortgage rates go after that meeting? And what do we think will happen with home sales over the next few months? Welcome to The Principal. I'm Mike Savino, head of multimedia for the Mortgage News Network. Today, I'm joined by Eric Fox. He's chief economist at Barros. Eric, thanks for joining me. Nice to be here today. So I guess, you know, before we get started, you know, the Fed, they're now armed with some some updated economic data with CPI and with G- GDP uh, coming out. We're doing this interview on Thursday. What do we expect the Fed to do next week at their meeting? Well, I'm not, I'm not an expert on guessing what the Fed's going to do or not do, but um, I think it's widely anticipated that the 75 basis point increase will continue. Um, I think mortgage rates have that priced in. So as long as that occurs, we're likely to see not much of a change in interest rates. It's only if they surprise um, on the upside or downside would I expect the, the mortgage interest rates to materially change. And and it's not just this meeting. I mean, the Fed has has indicated that they're probably going to do hikes again in December and then maybe in January. Do we? Does it seem like all of that, not just next week, but all of those hikes are kind of sort of baked in? I mean, we saw that in the spring, rates spiked up, and it seemed that that at least the the Fed meetings through the summer were kind of baked into that. Do we think that's the case again? I I think so. I think they are likely to continue increasing into next year, but I I suspect once they start seeing inflation moving in the direction that they would like, then they can start to um, back off a touch and go go down to fifty or twenty five basis point increases. And of course, mortgage rates aren't directly tied to to the Fed, but you know some in the industry have said that that's a big driver. The other big driver being inflation right now. So if we get into next year and inflation peaks and the Fed kind of slows down what it's doing, do we think mortgage rates will follow or do we think they'll kind of sit where they are for a little bit? Well, that's an interesting question. So we actually updated our mortgage interest rate forecast models yesterday. Um, and what we're seeing is those peaking at just in the below seven, seven and a quarter, roughly in that, that, that range. So that suggests about where we are now is about as high as we expect to see interest rates. Now, interestingly, as we look forward, say through 2023, although we see them coming down just a touch, maybe into the mid to high sixes, we don't see them falling dramatically throughout the next next year. I know I've seen a lot of people say they expect interest rates to be maybe four or five percent um, by the end of next year. We don't see that at all. That's really interesting because uh, you know obviously a lot of buyers are, are hoping that it does 
fall that far. If, if it only slips back under seven in, into the sixes or stays where we are, what, what do we think that might do to, to housing activity? Um, obviously, right now, it's, it's a problem. Do we think buyers will get used to it? Or do we think you know, wages have to catch up to home prices to uh, ease this affordability stress we're seeing right now? Well, I, I do think there is definitely some housing slowing going on, um, but it's not as bad as I think a lot of people want to suggest. And in the West, it's particularly um, uh, aggressively going down, but in the East, it's not as bad. Um, you look at markets like Indianapolis or Lincoln, Nebraska, um, those are doing quite well, and those are some of our strongest markets. You look in some of the big performers like Boise, Idaho, Las Vegas, Nevada, um, those are, are not forecast to do real well. I, I think the piece that a lot of people um, are ignoring right now is the, the supply you know, we really do still have a critical housing shortage in the United States. Just because interest rates have gone up to 7%, that hasn't changed. In fact, it's probably going to get a little bit worse because the builders are slowing down um, the new construction. So with the not enough supply still being um, present, I don't think there's going to be a lot of pressure taken off the the housing market long term, even though we may see some some slowing here in the near term due to interest rates. Don't miss the largest regional mortgage show in the nation. The New England Mortgage Expo returns to Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, January 12th and 13th. See us at www.nemortgageexpo.com. Start your year with the best connections in the industry. Dozens of sessions, scores of exhibitors. It's where success is written every hour www.nemortgageexpo.com. And that's really interesting. Um, you know, I, I think consumers, shoppers, they are always like, well, it goes up and down. That doesn't really happen with home prices, right? Especially, you know, th this lack of, of supply has been going on for a while. This isn't uh, a market like 08 where it's built up with with specs and, and, and homes that didn't have buyers. The, the demand is really tight right now. That, that's correct. And and the, the point you made a, a second ago where, um, you know, you're talking about our buyers maybe going to get used to the the higher interest rates. I, I mean, I, I kind of look back at the interest rates that I had taken out when I purchased uh, homes in my lifetime. One was back in uh, 1989 and my rate was 11 and a And when I purchased one in 2000, it was almost 8%. And um, back in those days, everybody was looking at the adjustable rate mortgages as just kind of the go-to when you would get a new house. And then you would um, eventually get over to some fixed rate when they went down a little bit. So I think we're going to start seeing a lot more products like that. I know I've started to see like some five um, five-year arms um, that are in the five and a half percent, five, five and a half percent range. So, you know, like like the classic saying goes, you, you can marry the house and date the rate. And so I think people are go going to have to start doing that again. Once those programs become more prevalent, I think maybe people will get more used to that. We've had over a decade of really low rates. So maybe we're getting back to normal in terms of that. Yeah. And talking to a lot of people who are, are you know, suggesting buy downs as well uh, to ease, you know, um, it sounds like basically, you know, it was easy for a while. Uh, and now we have to get creative again to to help people uh, get into homes the way maybe 
uh, prior generations did. That, that's that's correct. Um, I I also feel that um, you know inflation has peaked. You know we we were nine uh, percent back in June. We've we've softened slightly. Some may argue really hasn't come down much at all. We're at eight point two um, in September. One of the key things I think we're going to see happening, perhaps with the meeting next week. Um, and and after they make that adjustment and then we give our inflation um, numbers that come out, I think we're going to start to see that num- the inflation number come down just a little bit because right now shelter is about um, 33% of the inflation number. And it's clear that that number is softening um, overall at a national level. So if that number softening and it makes up a third of inflation, I think we can reasonably expect to see numbers coming down, you know, maybe to seven percent or something. I don't think we're going to see a drop to three or four percent anytime soon, but I think that will give the Fed enough uh, of of some evidence to point to that hey, things are starting to work. Maybe we can back off just a little bit after the November meeting. And and I you know that that's an interesting point about you know inflation where it's going. Um, I was just talking with another economist a little bit ago who who brought up the point that you know housing prices tend to not fall, but commodities can rise and fall with fuel prices and some of the other things. So maybe you're paying a little less at the grocery store. Um, I don't know if you you've looked at it at all, but is that something that could possibly help if if home buyers are if potential home buyers are feeling less of a crunch elsewhere? Do we think they might be more inclined to say, this is maybe a little bit more than I wanted to pay, but I get a rate buy down, grocery prices are coming down, I can grow into this mortgage the way past generations did? I, I, do, I do think that, and that may start to happen. I think what we're seeing now is a lot of people have said, we really want to move, we really want to buy the house, but we're just going to sit on the sidelines a little bit until we see what happens. There's a shortage in supply, but once I think people start to recognize, hey, we need the house, we need to go, they're going to start um, accepting maybe the new normal, and and then we'll start to see a creep up in demand. But I don't see you know a, a crash or anything like that like we had back in 2008, 2009 that was largely driven by the, uh, you know the financial system in place. There's, those are much stronger now. Uh, the credit of borrowers is much stronger now um, due to things like Dodd-Frank. And so I think we're in a pretty good place um, that that isn't going to cause the, the system to implode like it did last time. And the other thing I wanted to ask you about is, you know, on the technology, on the data side, I mean, you just brought up the the um, mortgage, the mortgage rate forecasting that you do. And, and I know you guys deal with with tech as well. Talk to me about the importance of that for originators right now, especially with uncertainty and with trying to sort of figure out where the market's going. And of course, buyers always want to try to time the market so they don't feel like they lost their lunch or lost their shirt or whatever phrase you want to use. So, so talk to me about the importance of of you know using these tools. You know, obviously, if you've been around, you've got your experience, but there's a lot more tools than maybe we had uh, going into past recessions. Well, I think right now the you know the models we have are even stronger the, with the automated valuation models are even stronger because we have so many more sources of data than we did um, a decade and a half ago. 
Um, so those are, are very accurate predictions of house prices. Um, and also the models themselves that we use to forecast prices are not simply an interest rate based model. That's one of the you know, many, many factors. We look at supply of homes. We look at um, how stretched a borrower is um, when they are originating a loan. For example, the percentages uh, percentage of um, adjustable rate mortgages that are taken out. Um, we look at unemployment rates. We look at inflation. We look at past, past house price changes and similar conditions and how those are impacted. And we don't just look at a na nationwide forecast. We look down to the zip code level because, and we look at condos versus single family. So all those have an impact on how house prices are going to change. And, you know, yes, we, we definitely see slowing. Our, our forecast reflects that, um, but we don't see a cataclysmic um, cliff that we're coming up to um, that we're gonna, gonna fall off. And it, it really is, um, you know, differences in markets. There are some markets, yes, that we probably will see some, some extreme softening and other markets are probably going to be just fine. And is this the, 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 sh the, the difference in markets, are we seeing a shift right now? I mean, obviously when the pandemic first came along, people had remote working, they were moving to, you know, California, Florida, a lot of places with warm weather, which is of course going to drive up home prices there. Are we seeing a shift where people are moving to more affordable places or is this more, they just rose at an unsustainable level and they're coming back to normal and the rest of the country is kind of chugging along and we're just noticing it more now. I, I would say more of the latter. Um, they're, they're chugging along and, and doing, doing just fine. Um, an increase from three and a half to 7% in mortgage interest rates when the median house price in the market's 250,000 doesn't have as large of an impact to somebody on their on their mortgage payment as if you know the the median house price is a million dollars. Um, so there's there's a bit of that. I think the increases in some of the hot hottest markets over the past two or three years that was just unsustainable. And the way housing always tends to do it kind of overshoots, and then we kind of overcorrect, and then it kind of evens out. So I think a little bit of that's is what's going on. But if we look at some of our forecast strongest performing markets over the next 12 months, it's places like Lincoln, Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska, Indianapolis, Indiana, Wichita, Kansas, um, places that are uh, smaller markets in terms of price. Um, they, they have good, strong demand. They have a lot of people that want to live there due to the, the prices. And so they're just chugging along doing great. Eric, thanks so much for the uh, insight. All right. Thank you, Mike. We'll be right back with the rest of your headlines. This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO and Power Plus, their next generation broker portal. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to sign up. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Here's the rest of your headlines for today, October 31st. Pending home sales continue to tumble this month, going down 10% from the prior month. According to the National Association of Realtors, this is the fourth straight month pending home sales have dropped, and the dip impacted all four regions. So it's no surprise homes are staying on the market longer before getting a sale. Zillow says the typical home was on the market for a median of 54 days before a sale in mid-October. That's up 
45% from this time last year. This has been The Principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Cotamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygates. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.